This is Work of the Beat. It is a Thursday night, May 18th, 2023. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Um, Mike and I are here. It's a bit of a sad day for us, and we'll get into that in a minute uh, with the loss of our colleague and our friend, Ted Solari. Your mentor. My mentor. Um, and we'll get into that. You know, I'm going to... We're going to get into that a little later in the show. Uh, That's fine. I kind That's of feel fine. like it's because when Mike and I are going to start talking, how long it will go, I don't know. So we'll start with the Sixers, and then we'll get to Ted. Um, so <coughs> look, Mike, uh, as we start. Let's go, Philly. Yeah, right. That's a good situation right now, too. Um, You could start for them, by the way, at this point. I could what? You could probably end up starting for him. You could be the fourth or the fifth starter. Long season, pal. I do. It, it, they don't get this settled. It could be a real long season if they don't get somebody. Hey, they were, they were in worse shape last year. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, the Taiwan Walker thing is real concerning, though. But that's a whole different topic. Um, let's start with the Sixers. And obviously, the debacle in Boston on Mother's Day, and it leads to Doc Rivers being fired, and whatever the hell that was by Daryl Morey yesterday. Uh, I, I get it. He's he's not going to say, I need to blow it up. Hey, we flopped, all that. But, Mike, what gets me is there's a sense of delusionment in what he said of how much progress they really made. When you keep running into the same brick wall, you don't make progress on how much you make. I'm sorry. Well, what's confounding about this is they weren't favored to win the series. No. I didn't pick them to win the series. I, I, I was kind of surprised it went as long as it did. But So the player now that you're going to have to deal with won two games for you, one without Embiid playing, and then – was very good in Game 5, which was the Sixers' best game of the series. And you came within five minutes of winning Game 6. That's the frustrating part. And what you're left with is the same ending as last year, which was the team quitting. And, and specifically Harden and Embiid not really showing you the body language that you want to see. But okay, that that's it. This season started, whenever, you know, whenever it started. There was only one goal, Kevin. One goal. Get to the East final. Get to the East final. And not that we would have been satisfied necessarily, especially in light of the fact that the Bucks aren't there. But again, get to the East final. And they didn't. So, you know, it's been six years of this and 22 years of this and 38 years of this when you really look at it. Um, and, and, okay, so you're going to have a press conference. And I hate press conferences because they never tell you anything. Most press conferences never tell you crap. You know it. I know it. We've been there. But for Daryl Morey to say. Yeah, we should point out to people who aren't in the business that the you get the information away from the press conference. You do. I mean, you get right. it off to the side when you get them one-on-one and they don't right. have a glare of a camera. Right. How'd you like the Howard Eskin part? You know, I'll give Howard credit. Howard put him right to. Hey, look, I don't, I don't watch Ted Lasso either, so. I don't know who that person is, but I thought Howard, you know, whatever you think of Howard, I, you know, I think he handled that fine. But so, so the one thing I took away from it, forget all the other stuff about what, you know, when he says to you, 
that were one of two teams that, that advanced past the first round the last three years. I, I think the who, Celtics is the other. Who cares? Uh, exactly, Kevin. I mean, how can you, if you're Daryl Morey, say that? And if that's the case, then why are you firing the coach? You know, I mean, I knew the coach had to go. The coach knew the coach had to go because you can't fire all the players. And it's also a head coach that was not hired by this general manager. Absolutely right. But go back three years, Kevin, when, when Doc became available yep. and we got Doc. And about a month later, Maury became available and we got Maury. And all of us pretty much said, hey, that's, you know, I'm not the biggest Daryl Maury fan because I don't think he's won Squatola. No, but it's, but, a, but it's ass backwards to do it the way they did it with Coach then GM. Well, yeah, but I think what happened was Doc became available. It was just, hey, Doc's there. We got to get rid of Brett. Um, and, you know, okay, he's, you know, we're going to get Doc. I don't know. What, what can I tell you? Nobody thought it was a bad hire. And then this first year, they finished first in the East. Right. And then they, they lose because Ben, you know, Ben does Ben. Um, it's just, and, and, and is it me or is it Jimmy Butler still playing again? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, look, and, and forget the Jimmy Butler stuff. Okay. I, I, you know, there's a bit of, I, I don't want to say revisionist history, but it is unfair for all of us who, who stand on our, our chairs and scream, why did they let Jimmy Butler go? Oh, no, no. Kevin, I, that's not what I'm saying. No, no, I know you're not. I'm yeah, just saying there was, there was there was either issues with the coach, or there were issues with Ben. But Jimmy, and, and I get all but, that. But the made, bottom line, Mike, with this team is it's irreparably broken. It is. Well, Your again, two biggest Jerry, players, the two former MVPs of this league, have shown now time and time and time again on the biggest stage they can't win. But again, Kevin, I'm with you. But if they win game five and they were winning by two with five minutes to go and then didn't score the, the rest of the way. You mean but game six. Win, and, and Kevin, and Ke, and, or not Kevin, uh, Tatum, Jason Tatum goes nuts. I, okay. After going over for forever. If they win that game, they I mean, it wasn't like they got blown out in game five. or they. Or, if they win that game, we're not having this conversation. I completely but agree, but, but they, they didn't. But they did. and, and then game seven just leaves that taste in your mouth like, holy crap. But what are you going to do? You have a guy on your team who was the MVP this year and finished second to two years before this. Now, I look at Jokic, and people in Philadelphia all year say, well, you know, Jokic can't uh, you know, handle Joe's jockstrap. I watched Jokic play. I watched Joe play, and I'm not knocking Joe. He's a great player who's going to the Hall of Fame, but can it, you win with the way he plays? No. It's well, pretty clear. But you can't trade him. No. No, he so started, he's, he's a start of a Supermax extension. You are screwed. You and, are but, officially screwed But with if this. you trade him, it's going to be a Charles Barkley trade. You're going, you're going to trade him for Jeff Hornacek. Um, you're not going to get... Like I look, I love Anthony. I'm going to Italy with Anthony in in another two months or whatever it's going. So Ant's on the show today, and he's saying we need like a Dame Lillard, and he goes, and then he admits he goes, I don't know how we can get him. You can't get Dame Lillard. You you can't. And 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 getting Dame Lillard with that, and he's there. Well, we'd have to trade Max. Of course, you'd have to trade Max. Mm -hmm. But the Sixers are in one of those positions where. 
And it's funny, Kevin, and you, you might not remember this. You might because you're the, the, the Phillies in the, in the late 70s, mid to late 70s, went through. They lost three straight NLCSs, never even got to a game five. They had the best record in baseball in 77. They won like 101 games. Um, and then the Sixers went through that, you know, where they, they lost in 77, lost in 80, lost in 81, lost in 82. The Sixers went out and finally won one because they got Moses. The Phillies finally won one because they got Pete Rose. The, the Sixers can't do that. They, 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 there's not that person, unless I'm missing something. I, I don't know. And then, they, first of all, they got to decide what they want to do with Harden. Yeah. And and I don't – wait, do you give Harden a four-year contract, Kev? No. No, okay, no so then not what close. Do you do? Okay, so what do you do? I let him walk. Okay, so, and okay, and then what do you do? Uh, well, they only have like twelve million in cap space, I believe. If the story's no, 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 they're still they're still over the cap. They would need well, the right, tra- they I would think need they the would trade twelve. I think somebody said if Harden walks, they would have a twelve million dollar mid level exemption. Right, right, right. And then, uh, and in theory, they would have to try trade Tobias probably if they want to go get a big ticket item. Now, does he, in the NBA, if they traded Tobias? Would they have to pick up some of his salary? Is that how that works? No, you would have to match it. What do you mean? G- give me. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. what You you're have to get within, like, I think it's a 75 percent match. So if you trade Tobias is 39 million, uh huh. You have to get back from the other teams 75 percent of that. Roughly, yeah. And what what's anybody going to give you for Tobias? Uh, I think somebody because it's an expiring contract, they may. Because that $39 million then is wiped off their books next year. I get it. I, I get that. But what, See, see here's – this is the problem they're in. The problem they're in is you. your options are you let Harden walk and you basically are admitting next year and the year after you're probably not in any form of contention. Well, if, that's no oh, good. Hold on. But if you sign Harden – you are gambling that, okay, we may win it next year, but then the next three years after that, we could be in cap hell and be out of contention. Well, if they win it next year, nobody will care if they're in cap hell. But they're no closer to actually <laughs> winning you it. Look, Harden He's getting league. older. He's I done. Know. I'm with you. But you can't throw the next two years away because that's Joe's prime. You can't. Joe, three years from now might not be that good. This is the problem they've got. Well, the problem they got was that two years ago when they were trading Ben, your GM who is has this attachment at the hip, oh yeah, James Harden, that instead of going out and getting, they could have got. And look, I, I'm not knocking what James Harden did this year. I'm, I, he led the league in assists. He scored 22 a game. We we know what James Harden is. We saw it in Game One and Game Four. What he can do. We also we saw, also game saw in Game 7 and two, Game 3. three. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But he could have went out and got the guy, C.J. McCollum from Portland, who I believe averaged like 24 or 25 a game when he went to the Pelicans. Tyrese Halliburton. The, the Halliburton they could have got with, with Buddy Heald. And they would have had to give up their backup center or a draft pick in all likelihood. Um. So they. this is a Daryl. This is why I'm scared that they might sign him. Because Daryl Morey doesn't want to go the next two years and not contend, or he's going to be gone. Oh, I mean, he'll be gone after a year if they don't contend. If they right. Don't so, so why would if you're Daryl Morey, unless you really have a good plan B, 
why would you not sign Harden? Well, this is where I'll be bluntly honest, okay? And the, yeah, and what you and what you always bring up too, Kevin, is Joe might walk in next year and say, "I want to be traded." Yeah, he can't do it this year because of the of the supermax contract. Okay. Okay, he can't do it this year because of the supermax contract, but next year. Yeah, I mean... That, there's that, one thing we've learned in the NBA. When star players want to move... They move. They move. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. And I, I know what your answer is going to be, but I'll ask you anyway. Would you look at Kyrie Irving? No. Okay, I, I agree with you. But that's one name that will be out there that you could say, hey... Well, he's a free agent. He's uh, pretty good. Yeah, you would have to almost do a sign and trade, or you'd you'd have to right. find some. I, I agree with you, but what what he's the one guy who you could look at and say, okay, if you put him with Joe and and Maxi and Matt yeah. and, and do some, I I still think you need a point guard because Maxi's not a point guard. Neither's Kyrie at this point. That's what I'm saying. That's you know Ma- Maxi. The problem with Maxi is. If he's going to be your second best player, and I like Maxi, don't get me wrong, and you're going to have to pay him after next year, okay? Uh, but he's not what you need. What you needed was Halliburton. What you needed was maybe C.J. McCollum. Some combination thereof, of, and what they got is James Harden. Mm-hmm. What scares me more than him giving a Harden contract is him getting himself a hardened coach. And look, for all the names that are out there, Frank Vogel, um, you know, Nick Nurse, Mike Budenholzer, Monty Williams, go down the list. The fact that Mike D'Antoni may end up here. He's the second betting favorite, Kevin. Scares the hell out of me. Well, Joe can't... He can't play that system. No no crap. So, the Sixers are boxed into... But again, we're talking about a team that should have won that series. Okay? And would have been playing now for... Whatever. Joel Embiid is this unique talent. The problem is, he can only play... He doesn't want to play low. He doesn't. He wants to be a guard. He wants to be out there like... And I get it. I understand why if they if they bring Dan Tony in here and they start, which Tyrese Maxey could probably thrive in that system, mm-hmm. okay? But Joe isn't even going to run up and down the court half the time. <laughs> it's yeah. like, uh, but he he's the second betting favorite. I don't know what that means. I'm just telling you, if you're trying to keep Harden, okay, why wouldn't you bring Dan Tony in? Uh... Because it just doesn't fit. It doesn't well, fit. What, every I, time, every time that D'Antoni's gone somewhere where he had a big man and a slow big man, and here's the other part: he ran that style, that seven second or less bull crap with Harden at Houston, right? Yep. Could James Harden run anything in seven seconds or less at this point? Yeah, but the question is, if if he brought in that system, would it change? Like, like Doc was trying to run his system. So, I agree. Like, with one, of their that, biggest pro- the- one of their biggest problems was the fact that they got, it's almost, uh, this is going to sound uh, um, hypocritical for me to bring this up. One of the biggest problems I thought they had this year, and especially in the, in the 
big moments against the Celtics was Harden, the lack of movement. No Harden. Yeah, Harden dribbling, nobody else running around, nobody coming off a screen, nobody. It, it just was staticky. Um, but I don't see where that changes under D'Antoni. I, I don't have an answer for the the problem the Sixers have is first of all Joe's Joe's in his prime. This is when Joe should be at his best. He's twenty nine years old. He's got you know his body just doesn't hold up over 80, 90 games. It's 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 just we, we see it every year. But you've got the Harden who's getting older now. It's not the Harden of of the the guy who's leading the league and scoring and do all that. And to his credit. He led the league in this, you know, he, he at least it, it, on the outside, it seems like he tried to adjust to what Doc wanted him to be. I just don't know, you know, are, are we going to have a James? And if James Harden averages 27 or 28 next year, does it, does it necessarily make them a better team? I, I don't. I, and this is why they shouldn't have traded for James Harden. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I said this a year and a half ago. Um, and that it's just they they, but Maury was dead set on getting James Harden, mm-hmm. and he got him. They got him, and, and he gave and he gave up the dog. Picks. The dog caught the tail, and now is wondering why its ass hurts. Well, but this is why I think there's a chance they may hire Dayton yeah. Tony, and they may sign Harden. And you know, you gave up so much in that Nets trade. And again, look, Ben, look, Harden for Ben is a no brainer, right? I mean, they're right. not even whatever. But that you, what else you gave up in that trade, now you have to deal with. And There's a reason why the Nets insisted on all those number one picks that they got. And they got the backup center, yeah. who was an important part. And of, Danny Green. And yeah, well, Danny was getting old. Yeah, um, guess what? Danny would have looked pretty damn good on this. Yeah, I know, but we, we were kinda we were kind of done with Danny. Yeah, I, I get mean, it. Um and, and again, Seth Curry was Seth Curry. But he oh, I'm sorry, Seth but, Curry, not Danny Green. My apologies. Yeah, um, that's okay. And, but again, he's a one. He's another one-dimensional player, which is what they have. They have one-dimensional players. Mm-hmm. The problem with the Sixers, and especially against the Celtics, which is why I, I'm surprised they almost beat them, was their perimeter game. Their perimeter defense stinks. Yeah. Um, if you had gotten Halliburton and Buddy Heald, and I'm not saying Buddy Heald's a great defender, but and I think you were going to get their backup center. I'm trying to remember whose name... I can't read. But anyway, you were going to make that trade, and essentially, yeah, you, you wouldn't have got the superstar coming back, although you can say Hal Burton might be one at, at some point in time, but he's exactly what you needed. He's exactly what you needed to play yep. alongside um, uh, Maxi, and then it would, and without, I mean, Kevin, if you look at the Sixers four or five years, and I know we don't care about four or five years from now. We care about next year. I get it. They're going to be bad again. Oh, They're yeah. going to be really bad. And if they haven't gotten a championship out of all this or, or even an Eastern final or something, what are the fans going to do then? And, and you're trying to, you're trying to build an arena in downtown Philly. Well, they, they did, they, they did get, they did get good news with that. Cause, uh, Sherelle Parker, she's, she's for it is, has indicated she's pro trade unions, uh, okay. construction. So uh, she's not declared herself for it, but, She's far more open to it than Helen Ginn or Rebecca Reinhardt would have been. 
Well, so. all I know is this. If you're trying to do – and, again, they're going to probably make a decision on this well before a couple years from now. But can you imagine the Sixers opening an arena in, like, 2030 or 2031? 2031. Okay. And the team stinks. These next couple of years are big. Uh, they, they, look, they got to – look, I, I'm not – I would almost I rather – my own opinion, I would almost rather fall back now and gear up for that. Then, well, how do you gear up? You have no draft picks. Well, you can't gear up. How do you gear up? You gear up if you end up trading Embiid. Well, that's assuming that you get a boatload of draft well, picks. Well, I think you would have to get a boatload of draft picks at that point. Yeah, but what if you get draft picks that don't turn out to be lottery picks? Well, that's the other or part. Something. It's talent development, too. That's yeah, one of their main, their main problem has been not that they haven't had shots at the well it's when they've gone to the well they've pissed in it kevin in the late 90s mid to late 90s they drafted five straight times in the lottery mm-hmm. okay got nothing except for allen they drafted stackhouse gerardi and i thought it was a great hey they got jerry stackhouse two picks later was the guy uh received wallace who mm-hmm. you know turned into well, he won a championship this whole process thing they drafted in the lottery like six straight years i think yeah and all they have to show for, and I have no problem with the Ben pick. You can go back and look at that. No, everybody was going to pick Ben. But Nerland's. Go ahead. Oh, Nerland's Noel, uh, Okafor, Fultz, you know, uh, you know, and then Ben blows up in your face. Um, I mean, you know, that's. It isn't like they haven't had their chances. No. <clears throat> and again, they brought in Brett Brown. To coach losing. That's what they did. Brett, we're going to lose for three years. Okay. And then when it came time to win, he wasn't the right coach. No. And, and I still say, Girardi says this all the time. When you have a culture of trying to lose. Oh, it, and, and, and I, I said that the other night on radio. They had the loser gene in them. Even, yes, though, even though only one player's here through that time. But there is something with your main player who you have out at. <laughs> who got wielded in that moment kind of tells you that there's something wrong. Yeah, and I was thinking about this today, Kevin. They do they win 50 games every year, right? Yeah. They win 52, 53, whatever they win. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just a team that's built more for the regular season. Maybe they're like the, the Mark teams. Price Cleveland Cavaliers or something. Well, when you're going to play a team in a six, seven-game series, and they're seeing you all the time. Yep. And they're making adjustments mm-hmm. like Miami did last year and Boston did this year. And I mean, Missoula, and look, I don't think Doc had a horrible series. I'm not. No, and I, I, you know, on the surface, I can't say Doc shouldn't have been fired. No, he had to be fired. He, he had, had to be fired, fired after, especially Somebody after, had the, to go. especially after the way they quit in the second you half could, of game you seven. You could just bring him back and say, hey, we're coming back with Doc. It, it wouldn't have worked. But. Is he, if you had a list of responsibility on that, he's about fifth or sixth at this point. Yeah, but his track record, all the numbers. Oh, I get it. If you're if you're trying to shake a loser label, you Kevin, can't have Doc Rivers as your head coach. You can't. In game seven, he there there was no answers. Oh no, there just wasn't. You, you had no that. answers since they went to the two big men in game six. Yeah, but but again, they were winning with five minutes to go. I so get it. I I can knock Doc all I want. But with five minutes to go, if they score like three more baskets, they're still playing in all likelihood. But game seven, mm-hmm. they just had nothing. 
there was there was there was nothing. And then game six last year against Miami, there was nothing. Um, now is that the players? Sure, I, I'm not going to sit there and say, but you you you. It, it's just it, when you when uh, the Sixers in the regular season when they're here one night, mm-hmm. there the next night, here the next night. Nobody's got an answer for Joe. No. Who's got an answer for Joe? But when um, you can focus on it over a long stretch, it's easier to yeah. buckle down. And, and again, Harden had two tremendous historic games. Uh, and then in game five, he was he was everything they needed him to be in game five. But man, the other four games, are you kidding me? Look at Joe's numbers. Yeah. Look at his fourth quarter scoring totals yeah. in this series. And tell me what, what it is. I mean, tell me when Joe and look, he's played hurt. Yeah. I know he played with the face mask the one year, and, and he, I, he, for all we know, he might have been hurt in this series, and just we we don't know it. But my God, when has he come up big in a big spot? Yeah. Toronto, not not Toronto. Uh, I'll give him 2020 because Ben was hurt. Nah, whatever, they were in a bubble. And did he play great against the Hawks? No. Okay, did he play great in this series? Not really. I mean, he played he played heroically. I'll give him the fact that in like three or four of those games, he he gave them what he had, you know, for a guy. But again, in the fourth quarter, he just dies. Yeah. And and so that's what you're going to build your team around going forward. But you got to, you got no choice. Uh, you know, if, if that's why I don't think in the long run you would take Giannis over him, and I think you'd take the guy in Denver over him. I, I just think you would. And Giannis has his issues. He can't shoot free throws. He, you know, he, he can't shoot three-pointers. Uh, Joe shoots three-pointers, and he shoots, uh, you know, and, and he's a defensive. He's a good defensive player. He's a great defensive player. But there's something lacking at some point, and I don't see it getting unlacked. No, I agree. I agree. All right. we're going to, you know, we're going to start a season in, um, I don't know, five months, whatever it is for, and they're going to come back and tell you, hey, they're going to have a new coach. They're going to have probably a new player. Um, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who who would you hire as the coach? I personally would go Monty Williams. Okay. Um, you don't think Sam Cassell has a shot, right? I'm going to guess. I can't keep it in house. Okay, what about Nick Nurse? I would like him, but I think he'll get hired somewhere else. Well, if the Sixers really think he's that good, they should go out and make sure they that he gets hired here. Yeah, but Milwaukee and Phoenix are more attractive jobs. Oh, I'm not saying they're not. Well, I'm... but I mean, did you see where Milwaukee interviewed Kelvin Sampson? Yeah, that that ain't happening. Okay, I'm I'm not. How about JJ Reddick? <laughs> Hey, <laughs> I, I look for all I know, J, maybe JJ's a great coach. I have no no clue. I, you know, this. I'll tell you what. I will say this: the Sixers better get this right, and it may not make a difference. They could get the right guy and still not have enough for whatever reasons. But they got to get this right. Yeah, whoever that is, whether it's Monty, whether it's Nick Nurse, whether it's you know, I I don't really like the guy from Milwaukee, um, Budenholzer or whatever his name. Um, I could do without Budenholzer. I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, Monty's an interesting name, but you know what? The last two years, the Suns got beat by 30 at home. Yeah. That's not a real good look. That's not good. No. No. I will readily admit it. 
Um, all right, so that's the Sixers story. And uh, now we want to turn to uh, memories of our colleague and our friend Ted Solari, the longtime Daily News high school basketball, uh, football, uh, sports writer. Football, basketball, did high school baseball for a long time. Always covered the oh, yeah. relays. Um, yeah. Ted uh, passed away on uh, Thursday morning uh, after, uh, I don't want to say a long illness, but he, he had been battling over the last couple of years different ailments. Um, and, his, and he lost his wife about And he lost ago. his wife in December. He lost his wife, Ann. Um, so, and I, I look, I, I, I had talked to Ted. Yeah, look, I started, for those of you who don't know, um, my career started because of Ted. Um, and there's a lot of us like him. Pat McLoon, yeah. who became his boss at the Daily News. Um, I was a high school senior at Father Judge, keeping the scorebook for the baseball team. And Ted and I had struck up conversations when he would come to games. He goes, hey, how about next year? Would you like to cover some public league football on, the, on a Friday afternoon while you're at college and make 25 bucks? And from there, I, I said, sure. And it was steady work on a Friday. I was able to, you know, he invited me into the office. I got to know you there. I got to know... Uh, Bob Vitrone, Pat, and you guys were like a high school mafia. Oh, we were. Uh, Ed, Ed, uh, Huck Palmer, um, Tom, the legendary Tom McKenna. Uh, and I thought of Tommy all day, uh, since I heard the news of Ted's passing. Uh, How about Keith? Keith Hines, uh, Amaro Austin. Um, Ted had uh, about, I would say, 12 or 13 people. Some of them worked kind of underground because on a Friday afternoon you could get like suburban high school <laughs> reporters from other papers to come in and do a public league game before they would go to their night game um, for a little side cash. And um, you worked, I mean, you had a desk right near Ted. So uh, you're, you're, well, let me start with you. Yeah, and we, and we were one of the two people that came into the office. It was yeah. me, me and Ted pretty much. Yeah, and, and the desk people, which was Lee and yeah. and Bob Cooney at that time. Tommy Mann. Tommy Mann, uh Joe Berkery. Um Eddie Bark. Debbie Waddell later on. Eddie Barkowitz. Yeah. Yep. Um just your thoughts on Ted. Well, you know, like I said, I, when I started, I was a clerk. The bulletin folds on February first uh, 1982. So now they're going to cover the suburbs. So basically they're going to send somebody to the suburbs to try to do what Ted does in the city, which of course is impossible. Um, and I got the job after Pat took it for a day and then he didn't want it. And then he became our boss, which, Hey, great. It worked out. And I, you know, I just kind of said to Teddy, yeah, I can't be you. And, and he kind of, you know, got me through some pain. A lot of people did. A lot of people helped me, but anyway, so I was the high school writer for a while before I became a college writer. And um, nobody, every city has a Ted Solari, right? When I when I used to travel, Pittsburgh had a guy, Mike White. Yep, he's I still there. He really, yeah, Mike is still he there. very helpful to me. But I don't think, and look, Mike was great, I, I, I got to admit. Right. I don't think anybody at our paper, we had Hall of Famers left, right, up the middle, Phil Jasner. Um, Jay Greenberg, Bill Conlon, uh, the column, some of the columnists, Didinger. 
Nobody did their job, I think, any better than Ted. And 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 Ted didn't care about anything but the kids he was writing about. Uh, and I would say to Ted, like, they would send him to a Phillies game sometime, like, on a Friday night. And I'd read his story. I said, my God, Ted, that was good. But he covered the high schools for the kids. That's what he did. He, yeah. he, he and, and, I mean, Kevin, he would come in there on Thanksgiving, right? Oh, I, I was there many a Thanksgiving. I'd go to a CB West game or something. I'd come in. I'd be writing my two stories or my three stories. Ted would be writing five. Right. You, you know, and he'd be in the library for two hours checking up to see if Roman Catholic set a record for points or something that might go back to 1935. He And I would leave there around midnight, and he'd still be there. He, he was the best. He was, I mean, and for a whole generation of kids, um, he was what they knew. You mm-hmm. know, he was the guy. He covered um all the stars, the Lionel Simmons, the Pooh Richardsons, on and on Rashid. and on and on and on. He covered them. Matt Ryan. Um, I'm gonna miss names, but you know, he gave them nicknames. Yeah. He 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 was. You know, you you probably know more about it than I do because you were there with them. Yeah, and, and I, I gotta admit. Um, you know, what, what's been funny today is, is looking back and, you know, I mentioned 92, I graduated from judge 93. I guess I had done well enough that Ted brought me along to cover the public league semifinals in basketball. Okay. And I was doing, no, no, at the civic center. Oh, civic center. Okay. Okay. First year public league semis, 1993 semifinals. Simon Gratz with Rasheed Wallace. Alney with Jason Lawson. Franklin Learning Center with Tyrone Weeks, who played at UMass, I believe, correct? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. And Overbrook, who had uh, an underrated player who was who made all city that year, Lawrence Pembroke. Okay. The and then I went to cover the Catholic League, and it was Mark Jackson who's was at Roman Catholic. And if you went to the German if you went to the Interact. There was Alvin Williams at Germantown Academy. Ted opened the door for a kid from the Northern Division who never got to see basketball like this and who fell in love with the game even more when he was seeing and played above the rim and, and, and the athleticism. And yeah, you saw you saw those 41-39 Bill Fox. Oh, and I, and I love Foxy. I love, I love Bill. I love Bill. But, geez, Bill, can we throw a, can we throw a shot up in under 60 seconds? No, nah, that was a Catholic League North, baby. Oh, my God. It, but it was awesome. And it forced you to adapt. It forced you as, as a, somebody who was keeping your stats. You know, you go to a pro game and everything's given to you. You go to a college game and you get a printout. You better in those games learn how to do it. And Ted taught me how to do it. Kevin, I remember him. I went to a public league. I want to say semifinal in like 1985. Lionel Simmons. Yeah, that's at Southern, right? Playing Southern, and I believe they were playing Gratz. Might not have been Gratz, but the other team had a great player, and I just can't. Was it Frankfurt? Uh, who was the great player? Uh, he was like a power forward type guy. So it was like Lionel against him. But anyway, game went like double overtime. Three times during the game, the fans stormed the court. Yep. Like I've heard I'm this story. There, right? I'm covering the Burbs, right? I mean, this doesn't happen out in the suburbs. You know, I'm like, I'm like and it was unbelievable. But the, the thing I remember most about Ted, for years, Ted ran the public in the calf. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would call him. Mm-hmm. How would, would this tiebreaker go? Yeah. 
Yeah, how's the tiebreaker? Ted, we're, we're, we're thinking about scheduling our, our playoffs Thursday or Friday. What do you think's the – like, what, what do you – and Ted would literally run the leagues. Well – I mean, I, he did. All right, so I got another story for you, okay? <clears throat> so I graduated from Judge in 92. In my senior year, we played Doherty at the Palestra. And there's a it, – there's it's a controversial ending – they call an intentional foul on a questionable play at the end, all that. You know, what ends up happening is kids come out and run on the floor from Doherty. They call a tactical on it. Doherty ends up winning the game. After the game ends, the kids run back out. There's a fight in between kids, all that. Okay? Catholic League got kicked out of the Plester for a year because of that. Ooh. Okay? So the Catholic League, in their infinite wisdom, the following year decides Doherty's have fought. And even though, look, Judge kids, we weren't innocent with this. And I was a manager for Judge at that time. And um, they, on the Friday before this Sunday game in the regular season at Doherty, they declared that there's going to be no fans allowed in the stands. And the only people allowed in the building are going to be people connected with the teams. So Ted tries to get in. You know, as media, you should be able to get in. And the Catholic League denied him. Okay? They didn't let Ted in? They didn't let Ted in. Okay? So Ted had a backup plan, and it was me. (laughs) Because Ted goes, do you still have your father judge school uniform? I went, yeah. He goes, does it still fit you? I went, yeah. He goes, let me call you back in five minutes. Well, Ted worked with... I believe it was Bill Cook. It might have been Bill Fox. And they had me dress as a team manager and keep all the information and pass it to Ted at the end of the game. About Ted did like a scene piece and all that, but I had to keep like a full box score worth of stats for Ted. I got paid 50 bucks on that one. Did anyone get in trouble? That I got in? No. Yeah, that they wouldn't, didn't want anybody there. Ted wrote a story, right? Ted wrote a story about how he was denied, but this is what happened behind the scenes. Right. Well, somebody. Okay. Yeah. I think. I think they. I think the Catholic League realized that Ted had kind of out, out funk him. Yeah. And uh, they let it go with that. Yeah, you, you want to know the sad thing, Kevin? And we've the high schools don't get covered anymore. Oh no. And, uh, and 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 I'll I'll give credit to the Delco Times who who still tries to do it the, the way that Ted did it, right? Uh, with Matt DeGeorge and Jack McCaffrey and, and Rob look, Perrin and Terry Aaron Tilly. Carter, Aaron Carter has done a great, great job. Right? And and uh, I will say this about Aaron: when he came, he had the toughest job in the world. He succeeded Ted, and he did a real good job about, with it. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, Aaron was writing back page stories. Yeah. In the Daily, and, and Ted, that was a great thing about Ted. And this was back when the back page, being on the back page of the Daily News meant something. Yeah. He had back page stories all the and Aaron Carter came in and had back page stories on the Daily News. And and I know that Aaron tries real hard. And I, I, I get it, that high school stories don't get clicks. Well, it's also Aaron, Aaron's had his own health issues. He's year. had his issues, but he's back writing now. Yep. And but the, but look. Nobody wants to read now about, you know, Judge playing wood or so. I mean, it just doesn't it, it doesn't resonate the way it did 30 years ago. But and that's sad because 
everything that Ted did, all that great stuff is is lost. It's it's no more. It's it's um yeah, I, I can say to Ted, and I'm sure I did, hey Ted, in 1965, Lincoln High School, you know, um, what did this guy average? And Ted would go, he'd go to his thing. Uh, he averaged 13.2. Michael Jack, he played yeah. in uh, 15 games. It was, it was unfreaking believable. And he did that all himself. Yeah. And Ted did it at a time. At, look, Ted, oh, I'm not going to sanctify Ted. What is the term? Not sanctified. That's not the right word. Um, he's not a saint. You know, Ted, Ted had a. None of, none of us are. None of us are. Ted had a wicked sense. Uh, uh, Ted had a wicked tongue when he got mad. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and if, and if you cross Ted, oh you were you were done. Eh, yeah yeah. Yes. Uh, um he he didn't really get along with the Inquirer. Oh no. No 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 no. And and, and no. like there's only there's only been a few that were on the high school B at the Inquirer who went kind of toe to toe with Ted. At least in my time, Zalecki was one. When Todd got there, Todd was pretty good, and then Todd went to the Phillies beat. Um, but they it was a rotating cast for a long time. Remember when they did that neighbors thing? But yeah. that, that was more suburbs, I guess. That yeah, they they were going after the courier and right, right, right. Um, but you know, <laughs> Ted also was a product of another age, where he had room for five stories on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, and he could write till three in the morning. And he could write till three in the morning. Yep, and eat that go- and eat that god awful turkey in the cafeteria at four hundred North Broad. Hey, Kevin, there was about five years there. I guess from eighty, like I, I would always almost every year I'd be to West, CBE, CB West. Right. The first year I think I covered, I went to a Narstown Upper Marion game. Right. Because that was the big game. Uh so I would go up to Doylestown, cover my game, you know, whatever. Go home. We would have Thanksgiving dinner, usually at my aunt's house. She was a great, oh, right. my God, she cook. I would go to the office, start doing my stuff, and then we would go eat again. because. And actually, back in the day now, and I don't know if this would include, but back in the day, in the 80s, the food was pretty good. When Knight Ritter would put the... the and the, the cafeteria normally wasn't bad, but, you know, turkey's a tough thing to cook at a cafeteria. But I remember it wasn't... And maybe it was a, but it wasn't horrible, right? I mean, it wasn't. So we would eat a second meal. Well, and, and let me also tell people, Ted always, I can tell you where Ted went every Thanksgiving. The one game he went to every year. Frankfurt North. Frankfurt North, because it was 945 and it was closest to the office. Yeah, and it usually meant something. And it usually did. Uh, I would go either to Judge Lincoln or Ryan Washington. Yeah, don't go to Judge Lincoln. No, but That's, at that time. I know, I know, I know. Um, I think I did LaSalle prep one year. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Huck always went with West Catholic. Um, uh, hockey was with Roman, of course. Uh, and then Keith would fill in one of the other games, and then we had. Wasn't there a big interact game? Maybe. Interact was pretty much done by then. Oh, okay, okay. You know, like G- sure. GA Penn Charter is always like three week, two weeks before Thanksgiving. Okay, I, okay. Um, and then we would all kind of come back to the office and, you know, you mentioned about being there till midnight. I would be there until, you know, because you would take the phone, you would take the phone calls from everybody else who was not coming to the office. And then you would also, um, help Ted out with 
okay, this note, here's a guy you should probably interview. You know, and if he needed something from the library that he couldn't get to, you would run and go get it. Yep. Um, but it was something. One thing I always remember about Ted, too, and um, he was one of the last with a company car, correct? Yeah, pro- yeah, because that was the one perk that he demanded. Yeah, because of all the... Care about- Ted, I don't look. Ted didn't care about very much. At least I don't think he did. Right. I mean, I'm not. You know, it was never. I don't think it was ever important. But yeah, the company car was. Um, and I remember at the end he had a company car, like actually said the Daily News on it or something. Yeah. Like, yep. And didn't people trash it one time? Yep. Like, I thought, and that and that's when it stopped. Yeah. 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 Um, that's, it was at Edison, I think. Um, yeah. That that was one. It, it, Kevin, I'll put it this way. We talk a lot of times about treasures we have in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And, like, you could, look, we, we could all name them, right? Speedy Mars, Sunny Hill. Um, I, I could list 30 guys, right? I'm not going to go through the whole but thing. Ted's on that list. I, I mean, you know, and I know, and he never wanted to put, I, I know Pat tried to get him into Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. Yep, and he wouldn't Many, do it. many times. Wouldn't do it. And it frustrated him because Ted just, Ted didn't care. He didn't, you know, he didn't want to go on Daily News Live. Wow. Uh, I remember trying to talk him in a couple of years. I said, come on, Ted, the, 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 the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, just come on for 15 minutes. Talk about some of the best fights. That wasn't Ted. No. He, he he never wanted the, 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 the publicity or whatever. He just wanted to do his job and do it the way he wanted to do it. And he did. And and the Daily News had the wherewithal to let him be that person, you know. Uh, that and that's credit to Mike Rathit and later Pat, right? You know that he that they 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 kind of stayed out of Ted's way, you know. And, and and sometimes Ted could be you know Ted could be off the wall a little bit, but they they never got in his way. They let him do his thing. And and to, like I said, to a whole generation of basketball and football players and baseball players from like you know. The late seventies, early eighties, let's say up to twenty ten, twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it started to change, and I, and I think that's why Ted eventually got out when he did because it wasn't the same, you know. And he could see that the paper kind of changing, um, and whatever. But um, and, and the website became such a big part for him, and yeah, yeah. When the paper started shrinking, he had the website. I, I joke with him; he should have changed the out the outline of the website a couple times and he went, why should I do it? Everybody's, just, you know, it won't improve numbers one bit. And he's right. Was he ever charging for that? Kevin, was there ever a time when he, he, like, I think he, I think he took donations for it. Yeah. Um, cause that's the one, that's the one website that I think a lot of people would have paid yeah. a buck or two for, because it, for people as a reference never, guide, it's incredible. Is that still around? Can yeah, still- it's still it's updated. Actually, Ted said he would stop updating in nineteen, and I don't know right. if it's him or Huck Palmer who's done most of it. But all the way through twenty two, it, it was pretty much updated. Kevin, I remember many times I would go to his website to find out some obscure. You know, maybe I'd be doing a story on a guy that played yeah. in Philadelphia or something, and I'd say, "Hey, you know, let me go back and see what Ted had." You know, and I mean, it was just it, it for people that never got a chance and and. For the, the high school junkies, and you know who you are. Yeah. Okay. We all do. It was just. It was like the Bible. It really was. I um. And from the personal end, um. 
you know, I, I don't have a career with that, Ted. I don't. I mean. And you're not the only one. No. Yeah. I, and I can tell you that, you know, it's strange because in a way, working with Ted was a blessing and a curse because I had done it well enough at a certain point and I enjoyed the business and I got into my job at what was the Intel, then the courier. But I, I dropped out of school. And Ted didn't finish college either. No, he didn't. Um, Albany, right? Yeah. And oh, uh, Albany. See, he couldn't he couldn't have even got hired today. No. And they, they wanted to hire him. And so when everything kind of happened, I you know, and all that, I went back to school after yeah. I got laid off. And um, my my mom threw a party for me. And the first person I saw was Ted. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was almost like, it, it, it was almost like just having, you know, I, I jokingly refer to him sometimes as my work dad. You know, you have your real dad, but you have that guy at work who kind of helps you out. Yeah. And that's what Ted was. And, Kevin, uh, was that was that the party at Georgine's? Yes, it was. Right, I remember because that that might have been the last time I saw Ted. Yeah, and um, Ted, of course, then put pictures on the website, which got dug up today by Breen and Gelb, and I really didn't need that. <laughs> but that's all there for. Hey, you take one for the team. I know. Um, yeah. So look, uh, his daughter Kristen, um, his son Teddy. Uh, there's another son there. I think it's Kevin. Um, Kristen is due with their second grandchild um, any day. Um, there's no word on funeral arrangements. That will be an all timer uh, when it when if and when it happens. Um, and Ted would hate that. Oh, Ted will the spot. Ted Ted's gonna hate the fact that we've talked almost a half hour about him. Yeah. You, you know what I was just thinking as you were talking, Kevin. Think about, and I mean this like in all sincerity. And I can seriously, by the way, one other thing, Ted had the dirtiest car floors ever. Yeah. Because Ted Ted loved going to McDonald's. Ted was a two cheeseburger guy. The two cheeseburger meal. He he used to get the Inquirer special at the cafeteria. That was a two cheeseburger. It was the Inquirer special. And that was Ted's. The Inquirer special. Why was it called that? It was called back in the day. It was called, I don't know why, but I mean, it was called the, the double cheeseburger in the cafeteria. Really? I believe, I believe it was called the Inquirer special. Um, think about this. Every, you know, I, I could run a hundred names by you and you know, Billy Fox, right? Yeah. How many people did he touch? Right. Oh, I mean, ton. it's on it, but think about Ted Slayer. Billy cook in my example, a judge cook. too. Um, and every school has people like that. Oh yeah. You know, Think about how many people Ted Solari, and, and we I used to say this, he might have, let's say he wrote a story about a kid, that that might have been the only story that kid ever got written about him, mm-hmm. right? And he let, yeah, and that kid remembers that for the rest of his life. You know, Ted's, and I, I don't mean somebody that Ted wrote 20 stories about or 30 stories about. I'm talking about the kid that maybe yeah. just had a great game one day, whatever, and Ted wrote about him. Think about how many of those people that are out there. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands. Yeah. I'm guessing. Um, obscure people, you know, who may, maybe never amounted to very much. But, you know, the Ink Man. I remember they called him the Ink Man. 
Um, you know, and, hey, the Ink Man's coming. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. And um, but I mean, if you're going to talk about a legacy, I, I don't have that legacy. I, I mean, I, I'm sure. Same here. I have kids. I have people come up to me sometimes and say, "Mike, you remember me? You know, you wrote about me. Like, you know, and, okay, great. That you know, great. Okay. Ted's got a million of those. Yeah. And you know, how how do you like how do you quantify that? I um. I, don't know. I I think the prime example, and you mentioned this, he could have had a lot of other beats. He was good enough as a reporter and a writer and. That if he wanted to, he could have gone and done the Phillies. He could have gone and done the six and handled the Sixers or whatever. Sure, he could have. Um, and the story I'll give as my final story for him was in 1993. It, it's football season, and uh, the Phillies are in the World Series, so they have pulled him off the beat. Okay, and it drove him crazy. It drove him absolutely bonkers that he was pulled off the beat to go do fifth Philly sidebar or whatever it was, okay? Because it was Ted's time to shine. This was high school football season. And um, Ted covered game six, which is the Joe Carter home run. And if I'm not mistaken, Mike, were you there? I didn't I didn't do any of that, Kevin. For, okay. Because it was college football Ted. season for you. Well, I guess they picked Ted and said, yeah, I, 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 he was up in Toronto. He was in Toronto. I don't remember that. Wow. Ted was in Toronto. And so the auxiliary I mean, press. Bo- I mean, Bach was probably playing mass bomb that day. And he, he no, I can to- tell you because I covered the night Catholic league play. Uh, it wasn't a playoff game. It was a Catholic league game. It was yeah. Ryan and North Catholic. Okay. And Ted's having me basically before email. Ted's having me like call the office and get the get the box score in over the phone to the desk. It might have been Tommy Mann <laughs> on a on a Saturday night, which you guys aren't weren't in, but it was yeah, you know, he wanted him just so he had it eventually. And um so I see Ted the week later. I'm like, man, that must have been cool. He, it, the the auxiliary press box, I believe, in Toronto was right where Carter's home run landed out in okay. left field. I went Look, I know you know the Phillies lost, but Jesus, that must have been incredible to be there. It's one of the great moments in baseball history because I would have rather been I would have loved to have traded places with you. Like I oh, cover no doubt. There's I no cover doubt. Roman North on a Saturday night. He goes, No. No doubt. He goes, I'd rather have been there. No. T- 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 that, that tells you all. Ted's world, other than his family or whatever, Ted's world was the public league, the Catholic league. And the Interrock. Yep. That was his world. He didn't care about covering the colleges. Nope. He didn't care about covering the pros. He didn't and, mind doing Phillies in the summer. Yeah, but he but it wasn't like it, it, it was he, always a Friday night. It was always yeah. a Friday night, and he always said he he never kept like a, a score sheet from that. Never. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, I I, that, that, yeah, I got stuck with some of those too because that's what happens. But Ted. Think about how many people, and I can honestly say, I did what I wanted to do. Right. I, I never really Same wanted here. to cover a pro beat, but if they had asked me, I mean, you know, and maybe I wouldn't have been up to it. I who, who the hell knows? I covered the colleges. I covered golf. I was lucky man, right? Ted Solari was the luckiest man yeah. because he did exactly what he wanted to do for like 40 years or however long it was, 
And how many of us really get to say that? Yeah. And that's, you know, and like I said, he touched, he touched more lives than he can ever imagine. Um, and that's a good note to leave it on. Um, we'll be back hopefully next week. Uh, school's wrapping up, so I'm, I'm knocking on wood here. Um, we didn't even talk about Jonesy. No, and I'm happy. I'm actually going to try to get Jonesy on the podcast. Oh, if you do that, man. I love He was on one of the morning shows this week. I, I don't remember IP. which one. He was on with IP. WIP. Right. He was so good because he admitted yeah. there's problems. Oh, <laughs> sure. Got, yeah, I mean, it was just so refreshing to hear that. Like, okay. Um. But no, uh, we thank you for hanging in there uh, with yep. us. Uh, hopefully now that summer's coming, we'll be able to go to a more normal schedule. Um, Except when I'm in Ireland, Italy, or Hawaii. Yeah, which is what, two weeks? Uh, I leave for Ireland on June the 4th, I believe. Okay. I won't be done school by then, so. <laughs> okay. um, I, can always, I can always call you from Ireland if I, if I get my phone taken care of yeah I'm whatever not, i'm sure that's gonna uh, not, no, you gotta pay i mean i might only yeah. i might you gotta pay extra to be able to call from over yeah there, it's not fine. worth it well yeah, it's not yeah, worth I gotta, it i gotta figure this out yeah thank you michael yeah babe be good i, I will all right thanks yeah. to you for joining us this is uh we thank you for hanging in there we'll be back soon this is work of the beat 